This is Adam Moffat, and you're listening to Sacramento's number one soccer-related podcast. Hey, Sacramento Republic faithful, and welcome to the self-proclaimed number one soccer-specific podcast in Sacramento, Sacktown FC podcast, part of the Beautiful Game Network, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Today's topics include a conversation about the COVID Cup tournament results and rematch and a conversation with Republic superfan and kilt wearer Jared Slaff. My name is Danny and I am joined as usual by my co-hosts John and Luis. How are you boys doing? So I'm doing great. Um, you know, things are still hectic around the household here with my wife and I trying to coexist working from home. And the kids wanting attention. They're all three of them are out of school. So it's about routine right now and just kind of getting them, um, giving them the attention that they, they desire and want while also trying to maintain, you know, our ability to work on a regular basis to um, keep some sanity for ourselves as well. And uh, I'm doing, I'm doing good too. Um, actually went down to the grocery store this morning to, stock up on some you know food for the week and you know i think my my recommendation to anyone who who, you know has to go out to the grocery store you know if you don't want to go out and look at the crowds then get there you know right when they open because for one you might get you know the store is fully stocked for the most part and uh, you're not going to get as much crowds too so definitely recommend that you guys go to the store super early to stock up but other than that you know like just keeping up with the news that's going on around the world and you know hoping that there's hope and that we find a cure to COVID or you know at least you know find something to be able to go back to normal and for us to you know go back to watching soccer and you know more specifically watching Republic Games live so hopefully yeah definitely Phil also fill up your tanks gas is super cheap right now oh yeah yeah it's you you were were telling me earlier that it's getting close to the dollar mark huh like it's not too far yeah, it's pretty good. So as we go on, you know, we we um, had the COVID Cup that we were in uh, this past weekend. Uh, we won our first match on Thursday in penalty kicks. And sad to say, but uh, we end up losing um, in penalty kicks in the quarterfinals to our friends at the Fairweather podcast. Ooh. So a little, dis- little disappointing uh, to lose to them. They went on to actually win the championship uh on sunday so uh congrats to them and the 50 dollars best buy card that they got as a result of winning um sorry danny uh our microphone will have to wait but um they are doing another tournament called the community covid shield uh, if anybody wishes to participate please send us here at sacktown fc a direct message or you can reach out to the boys tony and Chiva from Two Balls and a Mic for Entry. Um, one of the other things that we here at the podcast are considering is a tournament of our own, uh, along with Two Balls and a Mic and the Fairweather podcast that would take place over the course of probably a month uh, for charity. And the idea behind it is that um, if you don't play FIFA, but you have a charity, you can um, buy in or, or donate into it we are asking for five dollars if you can make that happen but we're also looking at um finding ways to uh increase the pot so we have charities that are in need um our communities 
could use the help. Uh, I know there's a lot of charities out there who don't have the resources and people are panicking at this time. So any little bit goes a long way. So we're asking that we could potentially get 32 teams into this tournament. It will be simulated because we do have a lot of people who might be interested, but don't play FIFA, but would be willing to participate in this in the end. And we're working on a pretty cool sponsor that's going to um, have their name on a trophy that's going to be uh, your name, your charity's name, and it's going to be displayed at their business uh, for years to come. And we hope to make this a regular thing. That's yeah. awesome. awesome, man. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a, that's a cool thing. So, guys, um, we actually have an update with the uh, Premier League. So, as you know, we we mentioned before, you know, before um, we had the Premier League uh, saying that they were going to be returning play in April 30th. And as I mentioned before, I... I was thinking they're just going to keep pushing this, you know, to the next month or, you know, two months from that date. And now it turns out that they're actually going to be uh, returning to play by June 1st with the potential ending of July 11th. And the 2020-2021 season is still scheduled to start on August 8th as planned. But, you know, again, this could keep, you know, being pushed forward too. So as much as they might say that, the upcoming season after that one is scheduled to start on August 8th, that could always, you know, change or that could always be, you know, pushed even more further on. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep checking. I mean, now they pushed it all the way to June 1st. So there's hope that that might actually be the actual date. So we'll see how that goes. Um, another thing that was um, also announced was that the Champions League and the Europa League are actually still planning on starting at the end of May too. So, we were thinking maybe a potential mm. final, maybe date of like sometime around July, I would probably think, or maybe August. Yeah. So uh, it won't be August. It would. It would be. It would be June because, or it'd be late June, early July because um, qualifying or playoffs or playing rounds start in August, even in July. So they have to get it done real quick. <clears throat> oh, okay. And that, yeah. yeah. And that August eighth is a hard deadline. Is a hard start. They're, they're not changing that because there's so much money that goes into EPL. I mean, it's the, the top grossing um, soccer uh, program in the world. So they're not changing that, that date. That is going to be a hard start because a lot of teams were, what was looking at was almost $800 million. We're going to have to be returned to sponsors uh, if the league didn't finish. So they're going to, they're going to play 10 games in essentially six weeks. Wow. Well, that's going to be, it's going to be intense. <laughs> well, you know, hopefully, you know, that that's, that's how it is. I mean, we're hopeful that they, they don't even return June 1st, but hopefully, you know, this, they go back to maybe like mid May or like the beginning of May, because it's going to be a chaotic, like, I guess preseason, if they even do any preseason, you know, or it might just be like a week or two week vacation time for the players. And then it's, it's back to regular play. So, yeah, I mean, it'll and be interesting to see what happens with with that if preseason's pretty much eliminated, right? And as I've been saying, you know, for every day of isolation is another day they are adding on that these athletes need to be trained for and in order to, for them to get up to gain speed. So if you don't have those legs under you and you're going back to the, let's just say, the heat of the moment with, with EPL with so much on the line in those last eight to ten games, Man, you you better give these guys time to prep because they're they might not be sedentary right now, but they're definitely not getting the same training capacity that they would if they were with their clubs. 
So another question is, I mean, if, if the Champions League and the Europa League are, you know, plan on starting at the or restart at the end of May, but then, you know, you're saying that the Premier League is going to have a, a push, you know, to like finish it all in just a matter of like 10 weeks. What's going to happen with those teams that, you know, have to play in both tournaments? Are we going to start seeing like teams kind of split off and like have one team play in the league and then another team in the champions? Or what do you think is going to happen with that? I think you see teams drop out. I, I think you see the English teams um, withdraw from the tournament. Maybe I don't know. I don't want to say that because I, I want to see, you know, I want to see everybody play. Um, there's not really many English teams left with Liverpool going out. There's only one English team left in the tournament. And that's Manchester city. So what happens here and they're not qualifying next year based on the, the financial fair play. So is it worth them to continue? I'd say, yeah. But do you, then do you not put as much effort into the league since you're not making Champions League? So you just withdraw from the league and whoever you're playing is going to take the three points because you forfeited so you could focus on Champions League? That's a question you have to think about too. Yeah. I mean, also in, uh, in your Europa League, you got Manchester United and uh, Wolves too. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. What do you think, Danny? I don't know, man. I, I, I don't want to lose hope. Uh, they keep, they keep giving us, they keep uh, making us exciting, excited with these, you know, dates. And then they keep pushing it forward, just like we said before. Uh, so I, I hope they just, I hope they get started, man. Yeah. I really, right now, all we, any, anything we can get, I'd be okay with, honestly. Um, it, it is going to be interesting, especially with them, them ending July 11th and then starting, uh august 8th you know like john was talking about you know hopefully the players can even be ready by then and so i feel like this is a conversation that our guests one might might have some some say in so let me introduce our guest tonight um he is a sacramento native who is now living it up in the great retirement state of arizona he makes numerous trips up to sacramento to catch a match or three a year and also follows the team around from city to city when he's able He's a wrestling fan who also loves train wreck teams like the New York Jets. Mm. A man who looks good in a kilt on a breezy day as he does a Speedo on the beach. Jared Slaff. Jared, thanks for joining us. And how are things in Arizona? Thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, going pretty well here in Arizona. So, um, Jeff, do you have any any idea or do you have anything to add to this conversation about uh the english premier league and its return and and what it could potentially mean for the champions league well i'm probably out out of the loop here but i but i would have believed that the premier league was uh shut down until may 4th but but once again i I could be wrong about that um it would be great if, if it does come back in early may or even better late april but of course that's outside of our hands i mean this is I mean, you're talking about a major uh, sports that's uh, vi- uh, vital to, of course, our our well-being, if, if you think about it. But uh, I mean, really, to the economy and to the sports world. I mean, it's devastating to have it uh, be gone for so long. Yeah. So the Sun came out um, recently and said that there is a a they want to start by June first. And then they would end on July 11th uh, was the hope, so they could schedule or play the start start the start of the season on August 8th as they had planned um, at the beginning of the year. 
And now we have to think about transfer windows because contracts end on June 30th. Uh, so what does that mean for that July 11th? Like there's just so many different entities that go with this. Yeah, it, it's going to be a long jam of uh, transfer inquiries. Uh, it, it's a veritable mess uh, from the sound of it. If they're looking to start that late and then, of course, not even adjust the transfer window. I mean, that just leaves so little uh, time for research, uh, for executing the, the maneuvers. It's it's madness. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's what's going to go down. So hopefully we get some good news soon. So uh, before we get started, I want to give a shout out to the official unofficial sponsor of the podcast, New Glory Beers. They're still offering the awesome quarantine special of 19% off a case of beer. And now they're delivering straight to your door and all, all to um, California residents. Check them out at newglorybeer.com. Uh, we're going to jump straight to it with uh, questions for our friend Jared here. Uh, first question, Jared, uh, how, how long have you been in Arizona? Well, this May is actually going to mark uh, my 10th year living here uh, in uh, Arizona. Uh, mostly lived in Phoenix, but uh, for the past few years, I've been living in the western uh, city of uh, Avondale. Uh, if any of you watch NASCAR or not, we usually have a couple uh, races out here at uh, what's now called the Phoenix Raceway again. Uh, last year, they were calling it ISM Raceway. And we're actually within earshot of the State Farm Stadium where the Arizona Cardinals play. Oh, wow. That's awesome, man. Very cool. So you've made trips. You've followed the team. You've traveled with them. Um, we have a question later on regarding a trip to o the OC area. But what makes you want to travel for matches to these games? Well, Sacramento uh, being my birthland, it's it's always going to be ingrained in my DNA. And I've been a fan of the Republic FC since uh, 2014. I mean, I would have loved to go to Hughes Stadium for some of those few matches because, I mean, sports in Hughes Stadium is something I'm not a stranger of. Uh, I know it's going to age me quite a bit, but uh, back in the uh, World League of American Football days in 1991-1992, I was actually there for the first uh, match. Uh, which they called the March Miracle, which was a complete rain out. So if I would if I would have been able to get that first Republic FC match at Hughes Stadium, I, I mean that would have been fantastic. Uh, but as far as traveling all the miles, we only get the Republic FC here in Arizona one time a year, usually in August. The past few times that I've, that folks have come over, of course, understandably they complain about the heat. Thankfully. This year, like a couple of years ago, match is going to be in May, so that means more people coming out. But as far as getting out, I mean, going out to, to new places, seeing venues, supporting the Republic FC, especially uh, in cities that may not necessarily be accessible for a lot of Republic FC uh, fans, uh, such as uh, Las Vegas, uh, Oklahoma City, uh, Orange County. Uh, this year, I've been looking at other cities as well to, to travel to. But Anything to to help out Republic FC, you know, perform on, on the pitch to show our support, whether it be a, a, quite a number of Republic FC fans that make the trip, or maybe there's just a couple people like like myself, which just happened more times than not when uh, going out to Oklahoma City, for example. So, uh, Jared, um, out of all the Sacramento Republic matches you've been to, uh, what would you say is your favorite one? 
I would have to say it would have been the, the regular season finale in 2018, uh, better known as the, the match with uh, Matthew Harding at, at the start, start of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Being a member of the Tower Bridge Battalion, I mean, it was just, it, it, it was fun and exciting just planning what we, what we were looking to do for Matthew uh, after he scored his goal. Uh, we had gathered up and were given some of those uh, confetti cannons, which after seeing numerous years of uh, people using San Francisco at, at a uh, nightclub that was frequent, you would think I would know how to work it. But unfortunately, trying to get mine going, I was a little bit delayed. But just to see the community and the club and the fans uh, show up and, and and to give their support for Matthew with all that he's been going through and to watch him actually score a goal right there on the Papa Murphy's pitch. I mean, that was, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, that got the feels going for me. I mean, it was just an amazing match to see him live out a dream and ultimately to see the Republic FC win in the same night as well. I mean, that, that is definitely one that's high up in my books for personally attending. That's awesome. See, this this type of conversation, me being the new guy, is what I'm talking about, you know, because I, I haven't, well, other than the first match that I went to, which was an amazing experience, um, you know, I want to have that same feeling. I want to, I want to, I want to live those awesome uh, glory moments with Sacramento. So hopefully uh, the season can, can come back soon. I'm actually going to join you on some of those away games too, Jared. So I was planning on it, especially the one in uh, in Arizona. I was planning on going to that one. So hopefully everything goes well and we can make that happen still. Well, as long as uh, USL doesn't push the games back any further, that will probably be the, the first match that happens with the Republic FC. Um, but then again, the situation is fluid. We'll just have to see uh, where it goes because I've planned numerous road matches and now I've had to push those back. The, the cool thing is that, you know, the, at least the airlines are being a little lenient and they're letting you, uh, I, I'm not sure if it's the same in, in Arizona, but I, I know here in Reno, I live in Reno, uh, mm-hmm. the airlines are being very lenient with people and letting them, you know, move their, their dates of travel. So, Yeah, I, I haven't gotten in contact with American as of yet for my flight to Portland, but as far as Southwest for going out to Sacramento and um I actually, actually, just Sacramento for uh, for Southwest. Uh, they allowed me to not necessarily cancel the flights, but to have the, the funds put on a, as a travel fund account, so that way mm-hmm. I can still apply those funds for future flights. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what they're doing here. So at least at least that's something good. That's some good news that that we're getting for sure. You didn't lose that money. Yeah, certainly, especially since they were going as dirt cheap as they were, even going up to. Sacramento later this week. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Jared, going going back to our questions here, uh, what would you say your favorite player is, past and present? Well, uh, getting my uh, brains a little bit fogged up, I would say in the past, I, I kind of liked watching, and I know it's probably come from from out of nowhere, but I kind of liked watching uh, Patrick Kluivert. Uh, he he played for the. Uh, Netherlands national team back in the, in the late nineties uh, for the, you know, for example, in the 98 world cup when they had it in France, I mean, he was definitely putting some moves uh, left and right uh, throughout the, uh, the whole world cup. Um, as far as pre- at present goes, and, and 
I would say it's going to be a close tie between uh, Roro and, uh, and Cameron Awasa as far as nowadays. Interesting. Yeah, no, Patrick Kleibert was was essentially the man for the Netherlands in that 98 World Cup. And it mm-hmm. kind of drove him to um, be a little bit more vicious with Barcelona at the time, I believe. So, yeah, pa- Patrick Kleibert is a great call. Um, if you, For those of you who know Netherlands soccer, 98 was the year where they should have done a lot more damage than they did. Um, their midfield was sensational with Seedorf and Davids. Um, they had Clivert, and I believe they still had a old but very capable bird camp up top. Um, Mark Overmars was a part of that squad as well. So, yeah, no, the Netherlands and Dutch football, uh, that was coming off of just when Ajax started to kind of go away from the European scene because they kept selling their players off to uh, make some money. But, yeah, that Netherlands squad was stacked with, with talent. It was a shame that a few years ago when they had finally got in uh, to the finals that uh, unfortunately they didn't quite have enough in their, in their tank and uh, ended up losing. But uh, once once the next World Cup does go through, hopefully they'll be able to uh, get that last step. But you know, we'll, we'll see how, how the road turns. Well, and uh, they didn't have Virgil van Dijk on that squad either, but he did uh, – if people – this is soccer, soccer one-on-one here. Um, he started his club career with a great team up in Scotland known as uh, the Glasgow Celtic. Um, and so that's where he kind of got his name and got picked up to uh, the EPL. And then now the just vicious center defender that he is with uh, Liverpool. So, you know, I, uh, not Ajax, but uh, Dutch football, Dutch soccer, the national team is uh, definitely coming up. So you've been to many matches. I'm, I'm sure you've been to many different matches outside of the Republic, but what is a favorite moment from a game that you've actually been in attendance to witness? Well, I think that's something that we uh, covered earlier in regard to the uh, uh, October 2018 match. But uh, I don't see as far as for any that uh, are outside of Papa Murphy's Park, um, Although it was in a losing effort, I definitely loved uh, uh, this uh, this past May's match in Las Vegas, uh, mainly for uh, the camaraderie that we had as many Republic FC fans uh, come out for, for that match. Uh, even before the game, uh, we ended up uh, uh, ha- having like uh, outdoors uh, soccer uh, with the electric company, the uh, supporter group of the Las Vegas Lights. Uh, they're actually pretty, pretty chill folks, uh, and, and the match there was. Going good, of course, for the first half, but uh, unfortunately, soccer does have two halves, and uh, we didn't do all that great in the second, but still, that was uh, still an enjoyable experience, uh, you know, regardless of the score results so with everyone there. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah, Las Vegas is definitely an interesting environment, too, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool, cool spot, and, you know, they always have those... Uh, random uh, match day events too right like who can forget that helicopter that dropped the the cash that one time was it like two years ago or something uh i believe it was last year and they was actually it? got in a spot of trouble with the faa about that as well yeah that so <laughs> they definitely go outside of the box to <laughs> to do different uh, yeah. i'm actually hearing they're looking to do it again this year and mm-hmm. of course later this year they have their midnight match which kicks off at 11 p.m and 
there's really only one market you can get away with that, and that is going to be Las Vegas. But um, <laughs> I definitely have to say, their front office, yeah, they, they definitely think outside the box for a lot of things. I'll, I'll give them that. <laughs> Um, so, Jared, um, I have like a two-part question here too. So, um, how did you get into soccer, and then uh, how did you um, kind of start following the Sacramento Republic? Well, as far as soccer goes, uh, it actually goes back to the uh, 1990 World Cup, and they actually carried a lot of the matches on TNT. I mean, this is back when TNT had tons and tons of sports uh, back in the day. Uh, my, it was. I think the World Cup that was in Italy, if I remember correctly. Uh, some of the players I don't exactly remember, but I would watch the World Cup both on TNT and even nowadays I end up watching the World Cup either on English language or Spanish language uh, networks. Uh, Telemundo, Univision, a uh, few other networks as well. Uh, but of course, in 1994, being, being a teenager and being in the sports, 1994 was probably one of the be better World Cups because one, the U.S. was hosting it, and two, men, the men's national team. I mean, they were they were stacked. I mean, they had Alexi Lawless, Kobe Jones, Tony Miola, and they, they had all the tools to go as far as as, as they could. But uh, as seen with the men's national team, pulling up a uh, quite a bit short. But that's generally how I get started in soccer. I also for as long as they were there, was big into the Sacramento Knights, uh, the indoor soccer team during the 90s. Uh, they were actually the first ones to bring a banner to what was Arco Arena. Uh, I believe yeah, they, they had, were. Yeah, I believe they beat uh, the Monterrey La Raza uh, down, down in Monterrey uh, for, for that they, uh, title. They did. Good memory on that. So, yeah, no, they beat the Monterrey La Raza down in Monterrey. Um, God, it was a, it was a, Nail butter. I think they won by a goal or two on the last minute or so. For one of the seasons, I was actually a ball boy for one game. I mean, it was amazing. The first three quarters, I actually sat directly, <clears throat> directly behind the goalie box. So I could have thrown mad banter at, at the goalie if I wanted to. But, and then the fourth quarter came, I actually had to do work. They actually had us surround the, uh, the playing field, which is essentially a hockey rink with AstroTurf. Any balls that would go out of play, we'd have to go and retrieve or yell from the crowds as to drop it over. But uh, I mean, that, that just shows I mean how big in soccer I, I've been over the years. So I, I will I will correct. So we did in 1995. We were first in the Western Conference uh, and we lost the championship. But then again, we won it in 1999. Mm -hmm. um, and there's no, there was no recollection, no, no memory. I did have Ian Fraser um, on the team at the yep. time who took over the club, but yeah, it was, uh, and they were, they were the, they were the team. I remember working with uh, the club for God, four or five years, and I became good friends with Sean Blakeman. Uh, they beat the so '99. They beat the Dallas Sidekicks um, seven to six. But, uh, yeah, no, Sean Blakeman, um, Super Mario, who was the goalkeeper at the time, <laughs> uh, Jeff Acala, who uh, was a coach at Placer, too, after he left. So there was a lot of players from that team um, that are just still uh, – Hanson, um, who was a coach at American River for a while. So that team 
they had a lot of foundational players here in the Sacramento area. Yeah. And I remember uh, when the team folded, they were saying it was due to insurance issues. And that was I, I actually, actually, I want to say not too far after uh, we actually had an arena football team for one year. That was it. And then That's they right. ended up moving to Miami. But uh, the Knights were definitely one of the better uh, underrated teams in, in local sports history. I mean, you hear about the Surge, you hear about the River Cats, but you don't really hear much about the Knights anymore. And it's a shame. They were, they were a great organization. Yeah, the Sacramento Attack back in 1992. Um, they had mm -hmm. one year. That was it. With the AFL yeah. and AFL, AFL since folded. I mean, the, the best representation NorCal-wise was the San Jose Sabercats. So the yeah. AFL was a was a big staple for Northern California sports for, for a while there. Yeah, a lot of the teams actually uh, left the AFL and went to different leagues. And in fact, uh, the Oakland Panthers had joined the same league that the Arizona Rattlers are in, the, uh, the IFL. But, of course, much like other leagues, they're in hiatus right now as well. But, well, yeah, uh, they, and one of their owners is Marshawn Lynch. So who knows? Maybe Marshawn throws some pads on for uh, arena football instead of NFL. Hey, why not? I mean, if uh, Diplo isn't exactly strapping on the uh, the boots for uh, Phoenix Rising FC, then. <laughs> yep. So, uh, Jared, who was you, you've given us a kind of some insight as far back to 1999 and Tony Miola, but who was your soccer idol growing up and why? Well, since there wasn't a whole lot of exposure to, to soccer in, in the 80s. Uh, in Sacramento, anyways, and I, I guess a, a lot of the uh, soccer players I've seen have just been international ones. Uh, Pele, of course, you know everybody, you know, like stands for Pele. Um, I mean, because he, he helped uh, populate soccer in the United States back in the seventies and eighties with playing for the Cosmos. Um, we barely, we barely got exposure to the Premier League on uh, what was Sports Channel America in the late 80s, early 90s. But I didn't really see any big standouts. But as I grew up um, in the mid to late 90s, you know, I saw folks like uh, Eric Cantona, um, quite a few other Premier League players. Uh, some I can't really go off the top of my head, but I would definitely say Eric Cantona and a few other players were ones that I kind of look forward to seeing whenever they play the uh, Premier League highlights shows. Uh, and, and to be honest, uh, I almost tried out for uh, McClatchy's uh, soccer team, but uh wasn't exactly a great shit. But I would definitely say uh, Cantona, Pele, uh, definitely held high regard uh, whenever I would watch soccer or follow soccer uh, when I was younger. So, Jared, uh, I've actually been very excited to ask you this question. Um, I'm a New York City boy, and I – of course, bleed green and white. I know I've told you this on Twitter before. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what I would like to know is how you became a fan of the most amazing, the best football team in the NFL with the best fan base, the New York Jets. Yeah. Well, my mom's side of the family actually originated in upstate New York. In fact, I can actually say my grandmother was born and raised in Mexico. Mexico, New York. <laughs> It's I was a, like, what? You're Mexican too? Man, he really is my best friend. <laughs> I love me some Valentina. What can I say? <laughs> but, uh, yes, uh, Mexico is in Oswego County, which is 
practically next door to uh, Onondaga County, which uh, has Syracuse. And, of course, I'm a big Syracuse uh, fan as well. So, actually, a couple uh, – my one of my aunts and one of my uncles were actually born in Syracuse. You would think that being that close to Buffalo, we'd be Bills fans, but no, no. We, Nobody's a Bills fan. Bills, fa- Bills don't have fans. <laughs> they just go through tables. They just like to go through tables. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, no, I mean, my my, uh, my uncles have been Jets fans for quite a long time. Um, in the 2000s, I actually went to, down to San Diego for a couple games. We had won those games easily. Uh, my last Jet, uh, Jets game outside of uh, Arizona I've gone to was actually the last Jets game in San Diego. We got whooped on 37 nothing. That's how bad that game was. Uh, a couple years ago, when they had the Monday night football game up the road in Glendale at the what's now State Farm Stadium, we at least scored. So I'll give them that. Uh, but really, as far as you know, Jets fans, one because because my family's upstate roots, and two, I never really was a fan of of the West Coast teams. Even growing up, you know, I get asked, "Hey, do you like the Niners? Do you like the Raiders?" Like, ah, I, I ain't down with them. <laughs> But uh, I think also one part that plays a role is we actually had a UC Davis uh, quarterback play for the Jets, uh, Ken O'Brien, through with the school with uh, UC Davis. That's awesome. I never thought in a million years I would actually like have another fan when I when I started supporting Sacramento that would be a Jets fan too. So I was pretty excited <laughs> to see that when you posted that. Yeah, there's a there's a few Jets fans in Sacramento. There's a huge uh, conglomerate of Jets fans down down road for me in Tucson, about two hours away as well. Yeah, I was just at the I was just uh, a couple months ago at the uh, Raiders Jets game in New York, where we destroyed uh, them. So that was that was great. That was a great trip. Yeah, I would I would love to see if there's any way I can get out to Carson or Eaglewood for this coming season. Uh, they're supposed to be uh, playing down in Southern California this season. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be great, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, Jared, on you posted on Twitter about the WWE. Um, who would you say is or was your favorite wrestler? Uh, I would say growing up, uh, it would be the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, j- just the energy that that he uh, put out. I mean, he wasn't quite a, a cookie cutter um, wrestler that a lot of them were back back in the day. Uh, he actually lived out, uh, out, out, out in uh, Scottsdale, if I remember correctly, but, uh, uh, until the end, uh, of course. But lately, as far as wrestling goes, I've been split between WWE and AEW. Um, I actually did work at the uh, Royal Rumble uh, Access in 20, 2019 when the Rumble was here in Phoenix. I mean, it was an amazing experience. I, I was mainly posted up for a couple uh, volunteer positions to help guide folks uh, through lines. And in, in my off time, they actually allowed us uh, to go on the floor as fans. I've actually got a couple pictures uh, with uh, Beth Phoenix, uh, Titus O'Neil, and I've seen quite a number of wrestlers. And I could swear on my um, the last day that I was working that the Iconics were actually walking out from the, uh, the main floor. I mean, two, uh, two people that looked Identical to, uh, uh, to to the iconics, the uh, the Australian uh, 
female tag team. But uh, I was also presented a, uh, presented a gift of actually getting a sweet ticket to watch the Rumble itself, which having gone to the Royal Rumble at Arco Arena back in 94, I believe, it was just a mind-blowing experience. Yeah, I've been to I've been to a couple of those shows. I've been to a WrestleMania too, man. You can't beat that, especially live. It's it's amazing. I love it too, man. Um, so Jared, you made the trip out to Vegas. Uh, unfortunately, your your experience was a little bit different, and so there was no match. Uh, what was it like on the strip with when things got started? You know, with to go south with that whole COVID thing. Well, I, I did manage to get to the strip on Sunday evening. Even even then, on the Sunday night, you would expect it to, to be a little bit empty. But uh, around eleven or twelve, it was wasn't exactly packed, but but there was definitely a, a lot of tourists, a lot of folks walking. About one or two a.m., it started uh, tampering tapering off the people, but. Uh, Having seen some of the video footage from Wednesday, Thursday, or seeing the strip entirely blacked out with the hotels and casinos closing, I mean, it, it was it was just scary. I mean, I, I will not lie about it. It was it was scary. It uh, differed greatly than, than what I've actually seen Vegas for. Um, there was, of course, a lot of concern uh, when I was there Saturday through Monday. Uh, a lot of the stores had run out of supplies. Uh, for example, uh, Smith's Foods, which is uh, basically Kroger of Nevada, uh, they were already out of hand soap, water, toilet paper, and it was it was chaos inside the stores. In fact, the only store I've seen in my trip that actually had toilet paper was a Seven uh, Eleven off the strip on uh, Sahara and Linwood. They had about four or five single rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> The same. I came back the same night to get more of the uh, new uh, Dr Pepper and cream sodas, and those rolls had already been sold out. But uh, comparing previous trips, this trip it was definitely night and day. It was uh, disheartening to say. Yeah, that's crazy. I saw I saw a picture of it like a couple nights ago, and it's a complete ghost town now. It's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind. Yeah. It's- I just hope we can get get past this together. I mean, it's it's bad enough that I have, that a lot of major cities. I've seen pictures of the Bay Bridge, um, Los Angeles, just complete complete uh, emptiness. But for Las Vegas to shut down, I mean, they were already shutting down the MGM buffets before I got there. Uh, MGM was planning to close on uh, St. Patrick's Day. They were uh, MGM and Caesars were already laying people off while i was there in las vegas so that tells you how bad it's got it's it's hard to think that a city like vegas the city that never sleeps actually slept and might still be i don't know i haven't seen anything in the news i'm trying to you know spend as much time with my family and and remain you know as as positive as can be especially in this tough time but you know, I can only imagine what it what it might the feeling that might have been over you, seeing the city um, essentially shut down or on the verge of shutting itself down. One thing that definitely helped is um, and it's just having a playlist uh, with songs to kind of keep you upbeat, uh, even with the situation. But when it comes time to it, 
I mean, you can see all the differences in the world shut down, but what's most important is what's happening in your own world, you know, what's happening in, in your household, people you need to take care of, things you need to settle locally instead of globally. That's crazy. Um, so on a different note, let's, uh, when not supporting the Republic, who is your team of choice in the soccer world? Well, I mean, as far as USL Championship, I mean, the Republic FC is the only team I uh, truly uh, go for and follow. Um, I keep an eye on a couple other teams. Um, Phoenix Rising FC, of course, because I live in the territory, so I kind of keep tabs on them a little bit here and there. And then, of course, uh, teams like Reno, Las Vegas, uh, I keep an eye on them. Uh, as far as MLS and other leagues go, I do, I do like uh, the Timbers. I mean, because they're the closest team to Sacramento until twenty twenty two. Um, Premier League, and I know this is really bad to say, but I kind of bounce from team to team as far as who I watch closely. Um, for international, I'm split between. Well, for men's international, I'm split between the Netherlands and Australia. Women's. I definitely love the U.S. I mean, U.S. team kicks ass. But for another team, I also watch uh, Australia as well. But uh, those at least some of the teams that I watch here and there. Uh, sometimes uh, Fox Sports Arizona will also show uh, uh, the Zolos uh, on, on there as well, in English as well. So, Jared, you know, what are your expectations for um, Sacramento Republic for – this season in the USL and then also for the city, you know, once we get into MLS. Well, since we've had uh, Rodrigo Lopez uh, come back uh, to us this season, I would really love for us to go deeper into the playoffs. We definitely made a, a great run last year. I was, uh, to be honest, expecting a uh, match here again in Arizona in October, November, but unfortunately for both, for both teams, Neither made it past the semifinals, but this year I would definitely love for us to get into the top four seed. I mean, especially since we have a, a team as stacked as we do. And e even at a goal keep, uh, we've gotten improvements uh, over late last year. I mean, don't get me wrong, I really do miss Josh Cohen. I mean, he was amazing, but now he's doing big things in Israel. Um, uh, Shuttleworth, I. Towards the end, I really could not get behind him. He was making simple mistakes as far as clearing the ball away, away from the goal, which led to a uh, can of corn goals for every other teams. So I would definitely say that was one thing that definitely hurt us. But now that we have uh, uh, the new goalkeeper, I mean, he's definitely promising. Uh, the preseason match make, uh, against uh, Real Monarchs, he did get a, a couple of frozen moments, but it's just his getting used to the USL again. I really think he, he's going to do well. So I would really love to see for us to get back in the top four again uh, by the time November, October or November comes. I would It would be great if we repeated our success in the USL championship and win the cup in the first year. Is that going to happen? Absolutely not. I would love for us to at least get close to the playoffs, to at least get within – scratching distance i really don't want us to pull an fc cincinnati and <laughs> run our mouths in the last year of usl only to occupy the basements of the mls the following year yeah there's definitely a lot that you know we need to learn from 
you know, from their mistakes too. And, you know, to be able to, to, you know, not, not be in that spot because, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, you don't want to see your team at the last place of the MLS. Once, you know, we start planning for the first season in the MLS, like we'll definitely probably be looking at, you know, the, the things that went wrong with uh, FC Cincinnati in their first year. So, yeah. Absolutely. We're definitely also going to have to keep our uh, eyes on uh, Nashville as well. I mean, this is their first year. and Granted, the first couple of weeks haven't been the greatest, but uh, we're, we're going to follow off, off from them um, as well as a couple other teams. Although I don't think uh, Miami or what is it? Inter Fort Lauderdale or whatever it is nowadays, <laughs> I don't think they're going to be quite the example to follow because they – They've pretty much been handed MLS uh, under the table for, for, for years now, it seems like. Yeah, and then they're they're backed by um, David Beckham, too. So, I mean, they have money there. So, <laughs> I oh, guess yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard to compare. <laughs> I think for Beckham with Miami FC, I think the thing was when he signed his contract, the $275 million contract that he had, there was a stipulation within the contract that allowed him the ability to get a franchise without paying the expansion fee of, you know, at the time, I think it was $250 million. Mm-hmm. So that kind of allowed him to bypass, there was a loophole because of his contract that gave him the opportunity to get a team. Yeah. I, based, I think they, based on his service. Yeah. I think they, they, they said um, he could pay, I think it was like 10 million or 20 million, one of those two. So he got a bargain. <laughs> Yeah, I would. Say. Yeah, and that and that came out out of his contract, though. Yeah, but at that time, he didn't really need it. Oh yeah, that's why he signed for the Galaxy and didn't think twice. Because I, I think you know he saw a lot of growth in the MLS, especially you know he was a big part of that too. So he was like, "Hey, it's, it's a win-win. I'm coming in. I'm helping the league grow, but also I'll be able to create my own franchise, and I'm gonna get it at a super cheap price." So. All right, uh, Jared, what are you looking forward to once the season finally gets going again? Well, as far as the season goes, I mean, it's just going to be a return to normalcy. You know, something to look forward to every week, uh, even if it means having to to show out uh, five bucks to Disney and company every month. But uh, it's it's worth it just to see the uh, the Republic FC every weekend or whenever match happens. Uh, to, to reconnect with, uh, with with Sacramento, and of course, once the matches come through that I'm actually heading out for, I mean, to, to join in the revelry, whether it be you know, at, at the tailgate at Papa Murphy's Park or uh, pre-gaming with uh, with folks uh, at some of the local pubs on the road or whatever, and of course, here in Arizona, there's usually a bit of uh, back and forth with the uh, the local supporter groups of. Uh, uh, Red Fury, uh, Bandidos, uh, re- really just anyone that uh, comes across. But um, that's definitely going to be a sure sign of uh, normalcy once the USL season returns. So you are an avid um, tweeter, as as we are here at the podcast. Mm-hmm. What other sports do you find yourself attracted to? And give us some of the idea and the, the teams that you support. Well, as far as some of the other uh, big leagues uh, for basketball, I'm a big Kings fan. Uh, I was actually a, a Phoenix member of Crown Downtown that, that helped uh, uh, the Kings uh, stay in Sacramento. I mean, 
Obviously, I wasn't there for a whole lot of things, but my voice, my support for keep for keeping Kings in Sacramento. Uh, NFL, of course, uh, you know, the New York Jets. Uh, baseball, I've grown up with the Oakland days, and even since the uh, Battle of the Bay World Series with the earthquake. Um, as far as the National League during the 90s, I was also a big monthly all-exposed fan. I mean, they were just a total talent factory up until they uh, were moved to Washington. Um, one other league that I've been big into is uh, Australian Rules Football, or better known as uh, the AFL. Uh, they actually just played their first round uh, this weekend. Uh, during the ha- halftime of, I believe it was, uh, I, I'm trying to remember the, the other match that was going through, but it was uh, last night at halftime, the AFL CEO had actually announced that after this weekend's matches, uh, the rest of the season was going to be postponed until May 31st. So they essentially pulled the USL, gave us one week and said, well, you know what, we're going to hold off on the rest of the season until such and such date. But uh, with the latter as it is, there's 18 teams in that national uh, league. Uh, my team, the Port Adelaide Power, that's where I get my uh, social media nicknames from, were actually sitting on top of the standings uh, after all the games pulled through. So really, if they wanted to end the season there, they could be us the champions, <laughs> which we actually won our first uh, AFL uh, premiership uh, in 2004. I actually went to the grand final the following year, 2005, which is like the, the Super Bowl of Oz Rules football. But uh, I mean, those are just some of the, uh, the leagues uh, that I do follow outside of the USL Championship. Sacramento actually has a team as well, the uh, Sacramento Suns. Uh, they mm. compete in uh, what's called Metro Footy, which is a, a smaller field. Usually, uh, Aussie Rules football plays on the oval field, which is mm. much, much bigger than even a U.S. Uh, football field, but usually for Metro Footy, they'll play like on soccer fields or parks, anything like that. Uh, the Sacramento Suns actually won their uh, division national championship uh, a couple of years ago, and they've actually been uh, profiled on uh, ABC 10 a couple of times. Oh, wow, that's that's cool. No, I think it's cool when uh, you know you find them, uh, like especially in you know, local news stations, like covering you know, other sports, covering other things going on, especially in the, the local community, too. So that's yeah, that's great. So, um we actually got a question from uh, Sam on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he wanted to ask you how your um, trip from AZ to OC was like last year. Well, it was uh, definitely had a planes, trains, and automobiles feel to it. Uh, if you've seen the movie with John Candy and uh, as, as Steve, uh, oh yeah, I remember Steve that. Uh, I literally only had. 24 to 48 hours to plan the whole thing because this was just after I had uh, gone to a home match in July of last year. So I barely had enough time to book the Flix bus to go from Phoenix uh, to Anaheim. And of course, uh, the Flix bus was running an hour late leaving Phoenix, which made me miss the, the Amtrak train I would have taken uh, to Irvine. So I had to improvise and take a Uber from the Anaheim Transit Center all the way to, to Irvine, to the stadium. I got there with about maybe seven minutes starting into the match. You know, found everyone that was there. 
Uh, halftime was, was was horrendous as well. I mean, it took like a good 15, 20 minutes to get my uh, Slater's 50-50 burger from the tent there, so I was late getting back to my seat. The game ended up being a draw, so once you know, I waved everyone goodbye and everything like that, I was able to get over to the nearby train station, take an Amtrak from Irvine to Santa Ana, and then a Greyhound bus from Santa Ana to Los Angeles, and a Greyhound bus from Los Angeles back to Phoenix. Oh. I would have left Phoenix at about 9 a.m. or so Saturday, and I got back in a little bit after 9 a.m. or so Sunday. So that's 24 hours straight, no hotel involved. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's wow, that's, that's a complicated <laughs> trip. That's a pretty cool stadium, actually. That, um, that was actually the, my first away game that I went to like two years ago. Was that at that um, championship stadium there in OC? And so it's a cool little venue. I mean, you get a good view from anywhere and it's easily accessible too. It's like right off, literally right off the freeway too. So it's a great spot. Now, just getting out of the stadium, uh, especially with a Uber Lyft, that's the challenge right there. I actually had to <laughs> walk through that parking lot. I tried to get one driver, but they swear they couldn't see me, even though I described where I was at, what was around me. So I had to go to the ice rink across the way and get oh, picked man. up from there in order to get to the train station. Oh, wow. What was that? Like, the, the did their GPS not show, like, the the parking? They, they have a bunch <laughs> of stuff in that uh, soccer complex. I mean, they've got, like, this uh, balloon, uh, like yeah. a hot air balloon and these other buildings and everything like that. So just it, it really complicated things as far as <laughs> getting down there. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting. I mean, I remember when I saw the hot air balloon, I was like, "Wait, there's a hot air balloon right next to the stadium." Mm-hmm. So it's it's an interesting spot too. I mean, definitely, I think it's cool that they they also have you know like a couple of fields around the stadium too. I mean, that's it's a really big soccer complex too, and it's, yeah, it's an I was kind of hearing something similar about the uh, the Hill the Hillsboro Stadium where uh, Timbers two are start are playing now. I was planning on going out in May because uh, you know, I, I have a cousin that works for uh, law enforcement uh, up there, and I figured it'd be a new place to go to. But I was disappointed to hear that the match wasn't going to be at Providence Park. That was one thing I was looking forward to, especially with the uh, the Portland Max uh, light rail station being right there. Yeah. Now I would have to uh, take a bus route out to Hillsboro, and even then, once I get into Hillsboro itself, do a lift for Uber to get to the stadium. Oh, well, complicated. It sounds like another a repeat of your <laughs> of your trip to AZ to, to OC. Huh? Well, sort of, but I, but this time for the Portland trip, whenever it does happen, I want to try to take three days out there. I'm I'm still thinking that whenever they do schedule that match, do I want to stay in downtown Portland, or do I want to maybe stay across the the line in Vancouver, Washington? I mean, I'm still trying to sort that out. Yeah. Hmm. Wonder, wonder what the difference in price. I mean, I'm sure it's cheaper to to stay in Vancouver rather than than do Portland downtown. It's yeah. like Groundhog Day for him. <laughs> Pretty much, and especially since Vancouver's right there by the airport. I mean, that would make things a little bit easier. Yeah, definitely more convenient. I love Portland. Portland's an awesome city. Um, I. I I can only imagine living there and, and wondering what it would be like. We spent, I spent a lot of time up there. I have family 
but um, it's an amazing city and we've experienced a lot of things. It's, it's a great part, great place to be. Yeah, that's, that's why I'm here. I've been wanting to go there for, for years. Hopefully it won't be too much longer. Yeah, and Danny actually went to that stadium too, right, Danny? I think you're telling us. I went, I went to Portland uh, two years in a row, um, and it was amazing. I, I, that's one of my favorite cities outside of New York. Um, the people are just so nice. Even though we were rooting for the opposite team, people brought us like a, a case of beer and and food and everything like that. They were just so welcoming. Like, and the the city itself is just incredible. I I love that place. It's going to be uh, another thing we're going to look forward to in 2022, actually being able to go to different cities. I mean, for example, now we'll be able to go to uh, to Dallas, to Toronto. Um, I mean, there's just a whole slew of other cities that are going to open up for us in a couple of years. And that's another thing I'm looking forward to uh, once we make the jump in a couple of years. Yeah, we're hoping we can sustain and, and make it there ourselves by using this podcast as a as an opportunity to do those things and, you know, cover the team and be a part of that uh, journey as well, that first year and, and on that's, you know, our, that's our thought. That's our hope. That's our dream. And we can only, we can only uh, get ready to do it. Right. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. So Jared, we want to say thank you uh, for taking the time to talk with us today. Is there anything that you want to share uh, with the listeners that they should know or anything that you're looking forward to? Well, uh, once uh, the season does uh, come at hand, uh, hopefully the match here in Arizona will still be here on in May. So anyone's looking for a reason to get a little warmed up. You know, the game's in Scottsdale. We've, we've got the room here. And, you know, if you come here, you know, we'll definitely get you taken care of. I mean, this this let me know, Dean. Off for the rest of the season, let's get this cup again. We need to get that second star above. I'm all about that. So again, thanks for joining us uh, today. We hope to catch up with you as soon as we can at the park for a pint or two. And my question for you is: Are we still doing that beer swap? As soon as I can get out there. I mean, I, I I'll get like a couple fifteen packs of Kilt Lifter. You know, or if anyone needs a light beer, they have a new Gilt Lifter. Yeah, which is a lighter version, but I don't know. We're, we're, gonna be, we're gonna be going full on, so I'll just go ahead and bring the the regular stuff. Awesome. Well, I look forward to it, my friend, as as does Luis and Danny, and um, have a good rest of the day. All right. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of the day, and uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Have a good one, Jared. Go Jets. Yeah. Thank you, Jared. J E C S Jets. That's that's my man right there. That's what Danny was hoping for. <laughs> awesome well thank you man we really appreciate you uh set, set, taking the time uh, to talk with us tonight we'll be back after this brief message from uh, billion bjev you're now listening to sacramento's number one soccer specific podcast all right and we're back so john you wanted to talk to us about um something going on with neymar you know with Soccer being down, there's a lot of rumors, obviously, about players uh, going to different clubs as of that June 30th deadline. And reading articles and kind of understanding how these things work out, I wanted to bring up a little-known article uh, that kind of invokes a rule. So 
Neymar, one of the biggest players in the world, has said to want to return to Barca. In fact, they tried to work it out last summer and it didn't fall into place. And so Neymar may walk away from his PSG contract to invoke a rule that is known as Article 17. And what's interesting about this article, it was last used in 2017 by a Scotsman named Andy Walker, who played for Hearts in 2017. And he walked away from his contract and joined uh, Wigan in the EP or in England at the time. And so when you have a contract, that's a binding contract. But he went to the sport of arbitration, which ruled that no players can be held to their contracts for more than three years, uh, where players who join clubs or renew their contracts after their 20th birthday. Um, so they can essentially leave and walk away from their contract at the age of 28 if they've been there for more than three years. Neymar, this would be year three for him at PSG and essentially could walk away because he is at 28. Because he wants to go back to uh, Barca, it actually means that Barca could potentially be getting um, Neymar back, but would also be looking at selling Griezmann on who they just signed this last summer or even a Suarez replacement if they do sell. So I think one of the things I have is one we know, I don't think any of us on this podcast really appreciate Neymar for anything, but what do you guys think about this opportunity that he could just walk away from millions of dollars from PSG who paid him handsomely and paid a, you know, really high fee to get him in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if he really wants to return to Barcelona and you know, that's, that's where he wants to be at, then I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, tries to, to go and, you know, take advantage of this role. And, you know, I, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, makes you think like, you know, Barcelona, you know, they just, they just got Griezmann. It hasn't even been that long, like you were saying. and to think that, you know, they would just replace him and then just try to sell him off is like, okay, well, I mean, if Neymar comes in, then I guess that makes sense. But then, you know, it's like Griezmann's a good player and to just, you know, treat him like that would, you know, would kind of suck for him. But, you know, at the same time, I, I'd i say, you know, let's not be surprised if, like, they sell Griezmann and Griezmann actually ends up coming over to the MLS because Griezmann is actually really good friends with uh, Carlos Vela and, um, you know, they both played at uh, Real Sociedad when, when he was playing back with them. And he's actually talked before about, you know, joining MLS and coming down to MLS and, you know, possibly, you know, coming down to maybe LAFC to play, you know, again, alongside with Bellas too. So that's, that's where I think he might be at because, you know, he's actually 29. And I, I think it's, he's getting to that age where, like, he could probably join MLS too. And I think he could really make a huge difference in MLS if he came down. And if he played with Bella and LAFC, I think that team could, you know, become something else too. So, hey, hopefully that happens and, and we can actually, you know, watch watch a game of his live here. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree. I, it would be, I guess, cool to see him back in Barcelona since it, it seems like he wants to be there. I am not a fan of Neymar at all. I, I've never been a fan of his. I, I just feel it's a little it's a little disrespectful uh, to do that to a team that's 
you know, paid you well, showed you, showed you love, you've done well there. Um, I feel it's a little disrespectful to do that in my own opinion. Again, I'm not a, a pro soccer player, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what it's like to be offered that much money or to be offered that opportunity to go back to a place I want to be. Uh, again, letting go of Griezmann, that, that is, again, I, I say the same word, disrespectful. They just, they just recently got him. But uh, just like Luis said, it would be awesome to, to see him here in the U.S. and be able to see these type of players um, in a live match. So we'll see. I mean, again, I'm not a fan of Neymar, so I, I don't have a huge opinion on the guy. So the the closest thing that Danny you would you and Jared would actually be used to on this coming from a team like the Jets this would be like the hoodie coming in and and uh signing on there as coach and and just saying no I'm going to go to New England <laughs> uh uh yeah yeah I guess so man like uh but I mean again with with uh Bilicek, you know, he he did he was a coach for what the Browns too. He coached the Browns and he wasn't good with anybody but the Patriots. So now that that Brady's gone, we'll see how it goes for him. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely it's definitely that type of deal for sure. Yeah, and that's then again, why, you yeah, know, like, yeah. again, I just feel it's just disrespectful to a team that that puts you know all their 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 heart to you and their belief in you. And you just kind of exercise a rule that gets you out of your contract early. It's just kind of, it's kind of a crappy thing to do in my opinion. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, just think about that hypocrisy from Neymar, right? Like he, he leaves Barca to go to PSG because, you know, he gets offered this really sweet deal and now he wants to go back, you know? So, I mean, I know he wants to go back, but I don't know. I'm really surprised that, you know, Barca is like, yeah, we'll take you back. You know, even, even after the way you treated us, you know, after you just kind of like left us too. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They take him back with open arms. That's going to be the conversation, but you know, as we get closer to that June 30th timeline, we'll, we'll talk more about these potential transfers on the market and, um, build a little bit i think these are good conversations to have because once we get into mls we're not we're not too far from collecting these players so i think it would be a, a good conversational piece once we get closer to that june 30th deadline to talk more about transfers yeah definitely yeah, definitely yeah so thanks to our sponsor roughneck scarves official scarf supplier to mls usl and u.s soccer Get custom scarves for your group of, or team at roughneckscarves.com. You tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable cost. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com so guys um we always usually say this at every podcast because you know we might have new listeners who haven't followed us yet on social media but we can be found on social media on uh, twitter at sacktown fc again as i always say twitter's uh like jonathan's second home so 
you guys send us a message if you guys want a response from John. <laughs> but most of the time, you're going to get a response from him. Uh, we don't really respond as much because we're more active on, on Instagram and Facebook. But we're also on Instagram at Sagtown FC. And then on Facebook, um, we have a Facebook page called Sagtown FC Podcast. And then we have a Facebook group called Sag Republic Fans, who just actually hit 130 group members as of uh, the time that we started recording this podcast. So it's a growing group. And, you know, we share everything Sag Republic, soccer related, and everything else happening in the community. And whenever we post a new pod, we actually share it on there as well, too. So it's a really great way for you, you know, to get, you know, our latest pods on your Facebook newsfeed because. So we all know usually Facebook pages, it's kind of hard to, to see uh, show up on your um, newsfeed, but Facebook actually shows you more group content. So yeah, join our group so you're able to also, you know, be up to date on when we post a new podcast. Um, and then we actually also recently created a YouTube page and it's called Sacktown FC. And uh, we actually partnered with on StreamYard and me and uh, John have been, you know, trying to learn how to use it. Um, to be able to provide live content. So potentially we might actually do some of these uh, podcasts live on StreamYard, or, you know, we might do some like non-podcast content also on StreamYard. Um, we, we're, we've been kind of talking about maybe putting some like FIFA simulated games with maybe whatever teams you guys choose, or maybe we choose, you know, the lowest level team and just any league against maybe a top league team and then just see see how that game goes and so yeah you know we might do some of those things and maybe you know also do some live content uh games as well too so in order for us to be able to do you know any live content um as far as you know game goes we would actually need to have 100 subscribers so we ask if you could please you know subscribe to our channel um it would really help us out so we're able to meet that goal and so we'd be able to be able to do those lives um, once the USL season returns back to us as well. And also, if uh, you have questions about StreamYard and you know what how the service works and all that too, we invite you to actually check out um, live on socialnow.com and be you know feel free to ask them questions and also you know let them know that we sent you, so they can know that we. We referred you to their website, and yeah, feel free to ask them any questions you guys have for for that uh, streaming provider. All right, to all our listeners, thank you so much for listening to us on all major podcast platforms and taking the time to engage with us on social media during this time. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and look out for more this week as we join Two Balls and a Mic. The Cooligans stop by for a chat. Our podcast mom makes a rare appearance and a local chef and team might stop by to talk soccer and sushi. Yeah, and, and also um, be on the lookout too because for our uh, next podcast episode, we're actually going to be having uh, a former Psych Republic player who was actually a part of the championship team. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. Should be a really cool conversation, you know, as we you know, go back to 2014 and that championship and, you know, that really cool final at what was, you know, called Bonnie Field back then too. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, as we always say, you know, thank you guys for listening to us and for all the support that you guys have given us. 
We really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for taking the time to listen to us and open up your earbuds in order to enjoy our conversations. We hope to have many more as we go. And we look forward to more conversations with our future guests. So cheers, everybody. See you, everyone. Have a good night. Bye, guys.